0: Hello, my name is Derek Lamar Cottingham and this is Smile and Wave Podcast. Smile and Wave is a podcast focusing on the mental health of young adults while navigating the ever-changing world. Each episode has a goal of breaking the stigma to talk about mental well-being, and for everyone to realize they are not alone. And the things you are going through are normal. The title of this podcast comes from a phrase I used to say to make it through undergrad, when dealing with traumatic things. On today's episode, Grief. This week, USC graduate student Rebecca Katz shares her story of grief.
1: Over the Thanksgiving holiday, my mom passed away, six months after she was diagnosed with acute lymphoma. My mom had a chronic blood cancer for 12 years, but she'd been in remission for a year. It was both sudden and not. It always feels unreal. My mom watched me receive my undergraduate diploma from USC in May. She hosted my friends for graduation lunch, proud, smiling, healthy. I was due to start a graduate program at USC in midsummer, so my sister and I decided to take a fun trip before the real world began. While basking on a beach in Greece, we got the call. The cancer had returned. We cut our trip short. When our dad picked us up at LAX, I knew, this time, it was different. I questioned whether I should even start the graduate program at all, but my mom encouraged me to follow through with my plans. As i drive an hour from my home in the San Fernando Valley to USC each morning, my mom was being driven to UCLA for her first rounds of intense chemotherapy and blood transfusions. Those months were a blur. <laughs> I felt grief and loss in watching her body deteriorate so rapidly. The parent-child roles reversed while I was taking care of her. Sometimes I could only see her sickness. I was losing chunks of her before she was really gone. The experts tell us there are five stages of grief. Denial, anger, bargaining, depression, and finally acceptance. When my mom was in hospice, I remember walking through the hospital doors to see her and already anticipating how these five stages would play out for me. I was clinging to the idea that if I just got through those five phases, I'd be okay. What people don't tell you is that you might feel all of these stages, all at once. At least that's how it was for me. I'd be sad and angry and grateful for what I had, and also sometimes guilty and anxious. And I don't think you ever really stop grieving. Perhaps you feel less raw. But I don't think I'll ever move on from the loss. It will just evolve. It's hard to lose your parent at any age. But for me, at 23, one of the most difficult things is not having friends who have experienced death and can truly understand what I'm going through. Because I've been at USC for five years now, the contrast between then and now is stark. In my undergraduate years, I felt like a normal, happy 20-something-year-old. But when I came back to my graduate program after my mom's death, I could see how everything had changed. I suddenly felt as if I'd aged 30 years. This graduation will be different. It will be hard. I'll feel my mom's absence everywhere. But I'll feel her rooting me on, no matter where I go.
0: Thank you, Rebecca Katz, for sharing your story with us. Today I sit down with Dr. Kelly Greco to discuss more on dealing with grief. Mm -hmm. Um, We are speaking over Zoom, so I have her here with me. Could you introduce yourself?
2: Hi, I'm Dr. Kelly Greco, a psychologist at Counseling and Mental Health Services at the USC Student Health, and I'm also an assistant director there for Outreach and Prevention.
0: Um, could you define grief for us?
2: Sure. So, you know, when I think about grief, uh, it's, it's a loss of some kind, right? It can be a loss of a partner. We lose a family or friend. We don't get something we want. Um, so it's, when I think of grief, it's it's loss. And there are various stages uh, in the research showing that we go through several stages that then leads to what the ultimate goal is, Mm -hmm. is acceptance or integration where we can accept and integrate this loss into our life.
0: And what exactly are um, the different stages of grief?
2: Well, typically it starts with denial, you know, where it feels surreal. Um, We, we are just uh, kind of feeling like we're, walking around and it's, it's just slow moving and it's surreal. And sometimes we just deny, you know, I'm sure a lot of people have experienced this where you wake up the next morning and you're like, is that real? Did that really happen? Um, and so sometimes, you know, the denial lasts for a while and then we go into some emotional reactions. We go into anger, go into sadness into kind of bargaining mode well you know if someone believes in a higher power or spiritual or religious beliefs like if i do this then maybe that'll happen or thinking of other uh situations of if i do this maybe this will happen um and so after kind of the emotional and the bargaining um, we then hope to get to this place of acceptance where it's still part of our life the loss but the intensity of your reactions has decreased typically, and uh, it's it becomes just integrated into your life where it's not all consuming anymore. I think that's the best way to describe it.
0: And other than death, can people experience grief in other ways?
2: Definitely. Like I said, a breakup with a partner, um, and I think you know I do a lot of talks on how to cope with uh, this covid uh crisis and incident what we're all going through and there's been uh some written on this as well that our reactions to covid uh our grief um we you know in the very beginning we can talk about how we were in denial and then some of us go through feeling depressed and angry and you know we we go back and forth some days it's surreal some days um we're accepting more things but I think things are changing on a dime every hour and every day that we go in and out of these different stages. Um, like I'll say, for example, you know, this week we're told uh, if we're in Los Angeles that we should not go to the store at all this week and stay indoors even more so than last week. So there's constantly changes that then make the loss and the grief different. And so we go back and forth. Um, It's not like I stay in stage one and I go to two and it's not linear like that. It's back and forth because things can trigger me. And so uh, it definitely is a wave, right? We describe grief as a wave and we've got to ride the wave accepting where we're at, but having coping skills and support along the ride.
0: And what kind of coping skills can someone practice when they're dealing with grief?
2: The first thing that comes to mind is self-compassion. I think accepting where you're at and suspending any kind of judgment. So if I'm feeling sad or I'm feeling in denial, and it's surreal that I own that and I don't judge it. I think we're very quick to judge where we're at. We don't give ourselves permission to feel what we feel. So if I don't give myself permission to feel what I feel and I don't have that self-compassion, then I can't move through it. Um, I'll just push it down or suppress it and not allow myself to be where I am in the present moment. Mm-hmm. So I think accepting the here and now, <clears throat> not having judgment, having the self-compassion, and then making different decisions. So maybe I have to take something off my plate. Maybe I have to reach out to a friend. Maybe I need to reach out um, and get professional help or listen to a podcast or do meditation or pull on spirituality, religion. Again, the coping skill list is endless, but we have to know what works for us. And we have to use those skills to get us to move through it.
0: In the narrative, um, Rebecca, um, has lost her mother to cancer mm-hmm. and she kind of, I like that you mentioned that grief is kind of like a spectrum.
2: Mm-hmm
0: it's more of a wave. It's not very linear. Yes. That's that's because in in her story, in her experience sharing that loss with us, her mother was in remission, but then it came back. Like many other people that are dealing with cancer or other illnesses, um, it can go away. So you've already experienced a version of grief with this idea of you could possibly lose your loved one. However, Mm -hmm. then they get better, but then there's a chance that it can come back and it does come back. And it seems like you're now back at stage one. When do you eventually get past it to where it's not such a heavy burden and weight on your life?
2: Yeah, that's a good question. I think that the more you experience grief, sometimes the life experience, I've seen a lot of people, and I think this is common, um, even thinking of my own self too, of the first time that you lost a loved one it feels really intense. And you question, is this normal, trying to get validation. And then as you go through life and get older, um, or you have more loss in your life, you know what it looks like, and it's familiar. And then you even gain confidence of like, oh, I know this hurts, and I know I'm suffering, but I've got this, you know, kind of similar to breakups. You know, you go through a lot of breakups and you know what you need to do to move through it. And even though you're suffering, your suffering may be less intense because you've got some experience under your belt and you know what to do and what support and resources you need. So um, I think that. The, that first experience um, is, is probably the most startling and the most difficult, and I know I'm generalizing, but I think also, too, if people know how to cope, they've got coping skills, they can tell you, I do this and this to help me feel grounded and connected and more empowered and more in control You know, that is really important. If someone doesn't have those skills and know what works for them or has limited support, then I worry that it's going to be harder.
0: And that leads me to my next question. When it comes to support, how should their peers and loved ones behave while they're dealing with this grief?
2: I think the best question to ask someone is how can I support you? What do you need right now? Because sometimes people just need to be heard they need, um, you know, something cathartic in terms of they just need to vent, and you know sometimes they need a hug. Sometimes they need to, you know, I need to go out and take a walk with you, or I need to take a break. Um, so I start with asking them, "What do they need?" Um, and sometimes they don't know what it is, but I think we need to not make assumptions and. Start with asking individuals rather than just trying to jump in and fix it. Because this isn't anything we're going to fix. And I always tell individuals, we got to take fix out of our vocabulary and we got to manage it. We manage our emotions and our grief and our loss.
0: With that being said, when we're managing those things, what are some simple ways that a young adult, a college student can manage those emotions that come with grief?
2: In in terms of what they can do,
1: mm-hmm.
2: yeah, um, I think you know a lot of times people reach out to uh, their friends, their family. Um, it helps a lot to just normalize and kind of validate that yes, crying every day for a while and it being intense is is typical it's riding the wave but when you start going down and feeling really sad what can you do to bring yourself back up so Mm -hmm. some people pull from religion spirituality meditation mindfulness you know reading hopeful inspiring things grabbing onto what gives them meaning and purpose. And I think the thing with grief, just like how we're all in the midst of this COVID, is we're all in it together and we all experience grief. It's universal. So um, I think that it is something that we can definitely uh, get help from each other and support. And I think we rely on other people to carry us through these times. Mm -hmm. And we rely on the memories, right? So when we get to the acceptance stage, I'm thinking about what was the impact that person had in my life? What are the memories I'm going to carry in my heart? Or how am I going to live my life because they inspired me in these ways, right? That's how we kind of keep people still close to us, Mm -hmm. even though they're not here physically.
0: I like that the sense of you're not alone because grief is something that we all deal with, but mm-hmm. also understanding that everyone's grief may not look
2: the same. Correct. Uh-huh.
0: And I always find that interesting because um ever since I was a kid, um, I was someone that did not cry at the loss of a family member immediately. Like it took me mm-hmm. for month months for it to kind of hit me and I would randomly It would be like a memory or something reminding me of the person, and then I would actually finally cry. I guess that leads to my question of, is it like approaching the grief head on, or for some people, they kind of have to find a distraction?
2: It's a great question. Um, I think it depends on the intensity of your reaction. So if someone can't get out of bed, if they can't stop crying, then you need to pull back Um, because it's, I'm having difficulty functioning and doing the day-to-day tasks. So I think, um, you know, if that's happening, then we need to kind of pull back and not hit it head on because we need to have some stability and sense of control. Mm -hmm. Because I think with grief, it's just the ultimate loss of control. So the more in control I feel, And the more my symptoms or reactions, which are normal, may not be as intense, then I can maybe hit it head on and go deeper. But um, we've got to take it really slow if the grief reactions are really intense.
0: That's kind of reassuring. It's weird. I know some people, they, they think that they're weird or something's off with them because they don't have an initial jerk reaction of how the world says they should react to grief.
2: Correct. Um, uh huh.
0: That's, that's very interesting to understand. And with a lot of young adults um, that are dealing with a plethora of different things happening all at once while trying to navigate everyday tasks. Um, for instance, when you're a college student, you're away from home and you could be experiencing the, uh, the loss or death of a family member and you're nowhere near home. Um, for mm-hmm. me personally, last semester, I had a family member pass away, and um, mm-hmm. I was not able to attend the funeral because I was at school. It was really hard, and something that led to my last question was because it was something that I used work in school to kind of keep me busy.
2: Correct. Uh huh. And
0: yeah. when I finally told someone that that happened, they were kind of shocked because they, they say, Well, you seem normal. And that that statement right there where you seemed normal it, mm-hmm. it was very it stood out to me because it was like well what is normal because grief is normal like you said earlier it's something that we all experience though it doesn't mm-hmm. look exactly the same mm-hmm. and yeah. so that 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 is very interesting for you to say you know it doesn't look the same but it also can be either you kind of are diving right in and you're crying and you're feeling that loss immediately, or it can kind of hit later.
2: Mm -hmm. Yeah. Like it's like the wave. but you're bringing up something really important and that is expectations that either we have expectations. Like we call those should statements, what you said, like I should, you know, be okay, or I shouldn't be crying or I should be more angry um, or I should accept it. It's been multiple months right, those shoulds are expectations that we put on ourselves and then other people put them on us, mm-hmm. so we've got to um, not uh, internalize that because that that can help, that can lead to us being stuck and not moving through the process because that's an expectation of I should, so we call them should statements, um, but you also bring up the other point that distractions are good sometimes, right? I mean, we all have to go to school and our internships and work and, you know, we have to put on that mask sometimes to get through the day. So, you know, we can only take off so much school. And um, so the distractions sometimes serve a purpose. Mm -hmm. We just don't want to be distracted 24-7 and then feel nothing.
0: Very true. And that leads me to kind of my next question of like not getting stuck. Um, how do you get over the anger or resentment stages of
1: Hmm.
2: Yeah. And I think for many, that's probably the most uncomfortable is the anger, right? Um, just angry of why me and, you know, how am I going to move forward without this person in my life? They could have been a, your rock. They could have been just everything. They could have been your go-to person. And I think you just, you know, like I said before, you have to acknowledge that you're angry and there's nothing wrong with that. It's normal. It's common. And something was taken away from you that was deeply important and that you cherished. So your anger um, is part of the process. So I think I would just acknowledge that this is the part of the process and do what I need to do so that the anger doesn't feel out of control and I can contain it, which means going back to the coping skills, taking things off my plate, maybe decreasing expectations of what I can and cannot do on a daily basis. Um, but that is part of the grief process.
0: And is there a sense of accountability when going through grief of with those coping mechanisms to where you don't fall into something that's unhealthy?
2: Yeah, we want to really um, monitor that with ourselves and our family and friends. If we see them going down uh, a route uh, that is leading them to more negative coping skills or things that could be self-destructive, you know, like staying stuck in hopelessness, feeling worthless, using drugs or alcohol, risky behaviors, impulsive decisions. So we we want to make sure that we monitor that. Um, because we don't want to put ourselves at risk or hurt others.
0: And something to kind of end on, if you could give just some coping tips to younger and college students that are dealing with the grief, what would they be?
2: Mm, I think it goes back to um, my hope and my wish is for them to suspend that judgment that I said to have self compassion that whatever they feel is what they feel, and there's no right or wrong feeling. Just embrace it all, but know that you're going to go on that ride like a roller coaster or a wave, and you've got to know how to ride the wave. So how you ride it is knowing what is your coping skill that you go to, um, and what is my support system? And when I say support, I'm not referring to, you know, 200 Instagram or Facebook friends. I'm referring to the one or two people that accept me unconditionally that are my rock and that are there for me and will accept me in the throes of grief. And when I'm having a joyful day. So, um, so, you know, you gotta know how to ride the wave, but, you can write it well if you have that self-compassion piece.
0: Well, thank you so much for your insight on how to deal with the grief as a young adult and college student. Um, this has been Dr. Kelly Greco with me here on Smiling Wave Podcast. This episode is brought to you by Annenberg Media. The podcast was executive produced and edited by Derek Lamar Cottingham with technical support from Tracy Lee. Music composed by Navarro Peck. Special thanks to the Kaylee Finney Memorial Endowment for funding this podcast. Tune in to more episodes as we begin to truly smile and wave and break the stigma around mental health and well being in young adults.